Hey everybody, David Hevener here. Welcome to David Hevener TV. Welcome Roku and Apple and Amazon and all the other platforms out there. We really love you guys. We really appreciate you all taking the time. I know you have other things to do, but I believe that God has led you here and I'm praying that the words spoken tonight will be his words that we leave on a higher level in which we came in. You know, earlier today, I, I read from Matthew uh, 23. I want to go back to Matthew 23. I want to go back to Matthew 23. This time I want to go 23 through uh, 34. We may not go all the way, but Jesus is talking to the church. And I want to get your all's input on this because it's important. We, look, it either is or it isn't, folks. Time is short. It, Jesus talked about lukewarm. He talked about I'd rather for you to be uh, cold. Uh, being lukewarm will spew you out of my mouth. Uh, he, he separated the goats from the sheep, yet we go on thinking, well, there's another day, or no, that's okay, or no, you know, this and that, and this and that. And I go, wait a minute, hold it. We got to, like, say something. So I'm going to say something. This is what Jesus said. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Listen, justice, mercy, and faithfulness, justice for children. Mercy for those that have fallen and faithfulness to God. You should practice the latter without, the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are all full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You like, you're like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside but on the inside full of bones of the dead of everything unclean in the same way on the outside you appear to people as righteous but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy wickedness this goes on and on i'm not going to continue except i do want to go down to verse 33. he nails him with this actually verse 31 you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets, go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. Whew. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being uh, condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. So I want to ask you guys this question. Is this just talking about Jesus talking to the Pharisees and the scribes? Or would Jesus be saying the same thing through the church system? I want your input on this. It's important. If God's laying something on your brain, I want you to raise your hand. But while you're laying something on your brain, I'm going to go to Dr. Chaps. Uh, Dr. Chaps is a, uh, he's, a, he, he's a military chaplain, gave up a million-dollar pension just because he could pray in Jesus' name, which shows he's a warrior for God. It gave up something. Dr. Chaps, I read, uh, and you're kinder than I am. God bless you. We need kind people like you. We need less like me because I'm just too hard. Uh, but you're nice to people. You're nice to Baptists, and you're nice to Methodists. You're nice to all these denominations. But, but my question is, 
would Jesus be talking like this to the church today? Or was this for a time, a place, a period? Well, What's the church is his bride. The church is his beloved. The remnant is the real church. Uh, I think many of your listeners are, are saved and born again and, and spirit filled and they love Jesus with all their heart. Yes, he would affirm his bride and yet he would discipline the harlot, right? There, there's a false church that's prophesied in Revelation, the prostitute, the whore of Babylon who, who sits on seven waters. Uh, you know, we used to think that was this, the seven mountains of Rome. But did you know Washington, D.C. is also founded on seven mountains? Uh, and so is Cincinnati and so is Seattle. I'm not saying we know which city it is. But but there is a, a metaphor there that applies to the false church. And those are the ones led by the Pharisees that Jesus rebuked in Matthew 23. All of the scriptures you read where he says, woe to you, Pharisees and hypocrites. You do X, but you say Y. You know, and he goes through seven different things that they do. They say one thing, but they do the opposite. Those false leaders are churches I can't attend. I can't preach in those. I, I'm not invited to preach in those because they know that I stand for something, that I stand for Jesus and righteousness. When they just want a bigger crowd, they want a bigger tithe so they can build a bigger building or they can have, you know, different projects that they, uh, for them, it's vanity. It's not holiness yeah it's, it's pleasure it's not sacrifice the pastors who sacrifice their own reputation uh to so that jesus may increase i must decrease i'd rather be branded a criminal as i am and as i was i'm a federal convict now i was later vindicated by congress because congress changed the law but i have the nails you know metaphorically in my wrists i i bore <laughs> the sacrifice that jesus himself says we've got to take up the cross and follow him to the cross did you get a mug shot like uh, Donald Trump? <laughs> no, because uh, it was a misdemeanor in the military court. They they never oh. did, did do that. I, I would right. have loved a mug shot. I deserve a mug shot. What do you think? How do, how do we tell, Dr. Chavs? I want you guys to chime in because I'm serious. I'm serious. How do we tell if we go to a church, if it's a church of God or if it's what you're talking about? I call them six flags over Jesus, God marks, whatever you want to say. What are some of the, th how can we tell? Because I'm, I'm bringing this up because people need to know. You know, if you said, hey, there's, there's 10 bottles laying on the counter and one of them has cyanide in it, all right? You would tell them, you, you would identify that bottle of cyanide so they wouldn't take it and kill themselves. Well, how much more would we be concerned about someone's eternal salvation? Can you give me a few uh, characteristics of a church that's like the Pharisees uh, and the scribes that Jesus was talking about today. The number one criteria I look for, do they preach the Bible? Are they faithful to the word of God and they love not their own lives unto death? The, the second criteria is, do they have the scars to prove it? Okay, I like that. Scars. If they yeah. don't have the battle scars, if they haven't been roughed up a little bit on uh, social media or on Google, Excuse me. You see where yeah. I'm going with this. I'm going to take a sip. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Um, no, you got a good point. I like that. I like that. If they haven't been roughed up on social media, uh, you know, uh, chances are they're not really affecting anybody, right? Yeah, my Wikipedia page is 90% negative because I don't edit that. Okay. And 
all of the gay groups, they go on there and they write whatever they want about dear old Dr. Chaps. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'm in the history of right wing watch out of 500 right wing Christians that they watch. I'm in the top 20. Yeah. I'm up there with James Dobson and Pat Robertson as the most hated by the atheist and gay left in America because they're obsessed with me. Every time I talk about the Holy Spirit or demons, I say, God, you know, wants you to repent. The Holy Spirit is calling you to do the right thing. But if you're doing the wrong thing, you're filled with sins and demons. They put that out on their social media. They think that somehow embarrasses me. It just promotes the gospel. The atheist left is preaching my words to more gay people than I'm preaching to Christians sometimes. Yeah, yeah right, right wing watch. For me. Spencer, pull up uh, Newsweek magazine, type my name in. Uh, that right-wing watch sounds really familiar. Uh, see if anything pops up. Uh, Felicia, Felicity, Felicita, Felicita. Okay, so Christy, did Fel who raised their hand? Who's first, uh, Christy? Um, Sunshine is first. Who is? Sunshine. All right, Sunshine. Uh, thank you, Christy. It's good to have no you here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, all right. Sunshine. Hi, David. Thanks, Christy. Um, I just I was getting ready to type my answer because I know you're getting real busy in here. I just wanted to say that the easiest way to find out if you're going to a church that is um, a Six Flags Over Jesus church or a righteous church by the living God is by asking God. He will tell you. He oh. will let you know. Oh. That's first and foremost. There are there are different things that you're looking for. Different different things that you can look for. But always, always, always go to God first and ask him and he'll tell you. He'll show you. He'll show you those things you're looking for. Thank you. Being guided by the Holy Spirit. I think that's scriptural, right? Yes, so, it is. There you go. Thank you, Sunshine. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you. Christy, who do we have next? We have Felice. Felice. Hello. So um, I, I, I attended a church in New Jersey and... Um, she was experiencing a lot of attacks, spiritual attacks. They were doing witchcraft outside the steps of the church. Uh, mm -hmm. This was a pastor, a female pastor, uh, who um, knew a lot about the demonic uh, and witchcraft and all that. Like she was, her antennas were well up. Well, she started to suddenly get sick and bedridden and all of those were attacks and um the way she caved in was by signing up at the assemblies of god or one of those denominations and then it was all lifted and then all of a sudden everything went back to normal uh so i feel that she caved in um she's a wonderful woman and everything but um i think that she caved in and i uh, other members had mentioned that uh, everything changed. The dynamics of the Holy Spirit or of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit never went back uh, once she switched over to the Assemblies of God. I, I think, um, I mean, one more last thing, uh, the Illuminati um, organized religion falls under it. And so all of these religions, it doesn't matter if they call themselves Christians or not, I believe fall under that. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Felicitia. Felicitia. Felice, thank you. Uh, Spencer, did you find that article? Um, uh, all right, never mind, I'll send it to you. Okay, uh, Christy, who else uh, has her hand up? We have Betty. Betty, you're up. All right. Well, I have to agree, and I'm sorry I forgot your name, but about the churches, they just want to build 
better, <laughs> sounds like Biden, to build bigger buildings and have more book bags in the church instead of going out and doing things, you know. Mm -hmm. They want to have a bigger concert. And that's the only way they seem to be able to get people to come to church. And then they invite the drag queens in and they invite the gay marriages. And then let's have the drag queens be the pastors. And uh, it's okay if we marry a few gay, gay people, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, they do some, well, my church does great at Born Again, you know, town about salvation and stuff. But I asked them, what about the things that the Lord hates? You know, a haughty mm -hmm. eyes, lying ha tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, false witnesses who um, uh, spread lies, and one who stirs up uh, strife among brothers. I said, what about that? Well, he says, do you know how it feels when two walk out of the church? I said, how about the two or 300 walked out when you closed your doors? And he turned away and walked away from me. So, oh. you know, it's more lining our pocket and see what we can do because we are filling up book bags and the kids come here and get them. They can't even deliver them. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Dr. Chaps. Um, the, what, what say you on what Betty is, the, the direction she's going, her angle on that? Uh, do you have anything to say? Well, Betty's right on, especially about the preaching both halves of the word of God, right? Not just what God loves or we love people or, you know, we're welcoming. Of course we are. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course God loves. <clears throat> but what does God hate? You know, if, if you don't have a pro-life ministry or at least a, a message once in a while about politics or what's happening in the abortion industry, um, it, you're not being a prophet, there, there's got to be a prophetic edge to your, where you're standing up to the government, where you're standing up to the king. You know, the, uh, Elijah would prophesy to Jezebel, and, and sure, she got mad, she chased him around, persecuted him, but God sorted it out, and God made it right, and, and Elijah was vindicated in the end, and, and he was able to call down fire with great, uh, you know, mm -hmm. amazement to his enemies. If there's not a little bit of profit in your pastor, he's probably just a politician. And I'm a failed politician, right? I was a legislator. I won a seat in the Colorado State House. But when I ran for office again, they said, oh my gosh, he's too prophetic, right? He he teaches, he preaches too much about the right and wrong or pro-life and pro-marriage and, and traditional family. And the things that he stands for are not enough to get him reelected. So I sort of was outcast from politics, and now I have a national TV show. We're on eight networks in 200 million homes. God has used my rejection and my, you know, soft crucifixion. I wasn't really crucified or persecuted, but but he's resurrected me with a greater audience and bigger people and, and more, you know, television viewers than we ever had when I was a humble Navy chaplain being punished for praying in Jesus' name because two or three people were offended. Now I can offend hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I want to tag on to that. See, on the other side of it, they will take people like us, you and I, every one of us listening. They will twist our words. We will be saying things that are very serious. They will make fun of us. They will. Matter of fact, uh, Spencer, do you have that article on Newsweek? I sent it to you, uh, the link there. Um, yeah. So they will they will take what you say, they will edit it, they will twist it, manipulate it, 
And so that's the other side of it. The other side of it is they won't come straight out and say they hate you. They will paint the picture of you guys, especially us in the media. Uh, they will paint that picture to other people. So, Spencer, do you see that uh, where I sent it to you? Okay. Uh, so this is Newsweek. I get a call from Newsweek. This was last year, I think it was, or no, two years ago, actually. Uh, would you like to make a comment on your show? I said, what What comment? What show? Well, you talked about the preachers. Uh, well, here it is. Evangelist David Heavener says, pastors who lack pungent body odor, not preaching the real sermon. Now, I was trying to get across to people that pastors are pussycats in the pulpit. They don't do anything anymore. I, I was raised with a God-fearing, hellfire and brimstone pastor that when he preached, sweat flew, you know? And I mean, he put everything he had into it. And it says your evangelist David has made the claim that a pastor has to have strong body odor, smell in order to be truly preaching real sermons. Can you imagine Newsweek magazine taking little old me and twisting this around? But now let me show you why they did this. Scroll all the way to the bottom, Spencer. You got to go all the way to the bottom here. See that picture of a guy with B.O. there? Look at that. That's crazy. Uh, all right. Look at this. All right. Now go where it says his website, heaven or office himself. But look at this. Let me know when you're there. It says, <clears throat> it says here, um, uh, right in the middle of that paragraph, it says, uh, Hevener also supported QAnon conspiracy theory, which alleges that powerful political figures and Hollywood celebrities are abusing children. Folks, I never said I, I supported QAnon. Matter of fact, I don't support QAnon. I do not, because I don't know QAnon. I don't see it in front of me. QAnon is something that you don't see. So I don't want to say I do, don't, I don't know anything about it, but I never said I did. But here's where it gets even deeper. Following the January 6th Capitol riots earlier this year, over 100 prominent and respected evangel evangelical leaders penned an open letter rejecting what they call white Christian nationalism and the way it may actually go against the word of the Bible. Are you kidding me? Do you see what they're doing here? They're marrying me to QAnon. Then they happen to, oh, the January 6th riots? Oh, yeah, well. And, oh, by the way, David, all your buddies that are evangelical, no, they're not. They're six flags over Jesus pussycats. I don't want to hear about that. They wrote an open letter, Dr. Chaps, an open letter talking about rejecting what they call white Christian nationalism and the way it goes against the Bible. I'm getting ready to throw this camera against the wall. Because every time I read, I get so mad, passionate. Uh, anyway, do you have anything to say about that? Well, you know, they, they come up with new terms, Christian nationalist. Um, and that's somebody who loves Jesus and loves America, right? My, my alternate question back to them is, are you an antichrist globalist? Because they're, if they're antichrist, or if they're in favor of a one-world government, they're anti-America, they hate yep. Jesus and they hate America. So, you know, whatever labels they come up with, it, it just reflects who they hate, not who I hate. I love, I, I love all Americans. I love all people. I want them all to be saved and going to heaven. Jesus yep. died for your sins and my sins. He died for all of our sins so we could be forgiven yep. of the worst possible sins. And I'm the chief sinner, but I'm still saved and going to heaven.
Yeah, but no, you're a white Christian nationalist. Don't you understand that? You're a white Christian nationalist, and it actually goes against the Bible. That's what seven, that's what, that's the letter they wrote, 100 prominent Christian pastors. <laughs> oh my God, I need a lobotomy. Uh, Christy, uh, who do we have with their hand raised? Number seven, did you have a question? Their hand kept going up and down, so I maybe they were having a problem. Okay, all right. Uh, anybody else out there? Buddy? Newsweek editor. Okay. <laughs> Newsweek editor. Okay, they're on the line. Uh, yeah, Betty. Well, I just kind of, I hope you called them up because really they're associating the Christians with the Ku Klux Klan and the Nazi also. Yeah. And the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, all, I don't know about the QAnon, but three percenters, they're yeah. patriots, they're Christian patriot groups. And then to also put Newsweek reached out to both David and then a Christian nightmares. Well, when someone sees Christian nightmares, they're going, well, I don't know if I don't want to be a part of that. It must be a nightmare. So they really, it's sad that they did that to you. I, I am so sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, that, called them up. Yeah. This guy, I did not call them back. They called me twice. I didn't even, I, I took the phone call once until I found out where they were going. Then I hung up. They called again. I didn't even take the call, but but yeah, I just wanted to show you guys that because you know me and I want you to see how spiteful, and this is just one, I can line up probably seven or eight of these things, but Newsweek, I mean, come on, they used to be like a legit magazine. I think I watched them, read them years ago. Uh, but yeah, Proud Boys and Ku Klux Klan and all that. Um, yeah, thank you, Betty. Uh, okay. Uh, could I say yeah. one more thing? Sure. Also, and it's gonna be quick, but you know, when I went to the church, uh, or my church, or many churches. I I I church topped like bar hopping, and I would go in with a bag, and it was empty. It's sad that when I left, it was still empty. The bag. Okay, so do you, do you understand are, what I'm saying? I didn't get nothing out of the sermon. Oh, okay. I so you go in with a bag to learn something to bring it home and teach somebody. And right. I left with an empty, empty feeling, an empty bag. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to tell me that you went in disguised as a bag lady and you wanted them to donate to you, but they wouldn't. So you left, you had an empty bag. But never mind, I, I misunderstood. I, you went in to get fed. You came out more hungry than when you went in, right? Um, the other part of that, Betty, is people are getting fed every day on this sugar-coated jesus candy cane jesus and they're getting a truth decay they're rotting out there you know they're believing it so what's worse not getting fed or getting fed but you're getting fed garbage and but you think it's the real thing you know um yeah okay felice uh christy who's up next i believe we have felice or she put her hand back down no i'm here um okay. I agree with Betty. I've church hopped a lot, but only because I could never uh, find the right church. And um, people were very unfriendly. So instead of leaving with, with the bag empty, <laughs> I would yeah. be walking out like with the tail between my legs, like really disappointed, like yeah. really discouraged, uh, feeling depressed and lonely. Like people don't want to reach out and give love. And uh, a lot of us go to church because we kind of like need to be embraced. And um, I feel more embraced when I go shopping at a food store 
than I than I've ever felt uh, going to church. It's and you fed. get you get fed a lot more too, don't you? Going to <laughs> going to Whole Foods. Uh, yeah, no that, intended. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a good point. Yeah, when I started this show, we're on five years now, folks. Can you believe we've been doing this for five years? And God has allowed us to do it without missing one day, not even one. That's all God, I mean. Um, but I prayed to God. I said, God, I want to pray like your son prayed. Uh, when he, before he went to the cross, he was in the garden. He said, Father, I, as you and I are one, I want the ones you have given me to be one. And so my main prayer is that he would bring us together because I needed people. I was starving. That he would bring a group of gatherers together, which he did. He has that showed love, that supported one another, that didn't always agree, because it's not healthy to always agree, um, but we were able to be there for one another. And I feel like because of you all and everybody that's been out there, uh, God has answered that prayer. He really has. And I, I'm just so thankful. And I want to give God the glory right now, publicly. Um, I don't know how you all feel. I'm not saying you, have, you need to feel the same way, but, but I feel like I have a connection with my family on Monday night and on Sunday morning. Anybody else with their hand up? No, but I'd like to comment on that if I could. Sure, Christy. Um, I was looking for fellowship. I too was church hopping and I couldn't find any church with a good foundation that I could grow any further from. Um, and so I just kept going from church to church, just seriously disappointed. And I couldn't, what I was really seeking in addition to growing more in the spirit and in, in Christ was fellowship, which all of us need. The only place I'm finding this is online with like-minded people like you guys and, and um, other small groups that I've found online. I have not found it. Of course, I live in Portland, Oregon, so... <laughs> You know, it's might be a little harder here than somewhere else. But right. That's my my two. Yeah, things. but you know, Christy, um, I've been to Portland. It's a it's a nice town. I mean, Oregon. I really do like the 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 state, despite the fact you guys have like Californians in. I uh, I still like it, but that's that's a place you could find um, people that you know, but. But yet, for some reason, God is allowing us to come together. Like I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in Kentucky before that, Los Angeles. I, I never found a place to plug into. But God is allowing us online to be like this in this day and time. And I wonder why that is. If you guys have an idea, raise your hand. Dr. Chaps, I want to ask you, are you an advocate of media churches, of you know what we've been talking about well i i am an evangelist i used to be a pastor of a navy church on a navy ship or a navy chapel that was my pastorate but god called me as a chaplain and an evangelist and where are the people now uh they don't come out as many as as used to to the big stadiums for a billy graham crusade to hear the gospel right they're, they're looking for information on social media mm -hmm. and you are a pioneer. I'm trying to be a pioneer here. We do television broadcasting because that's a bigger way for an evangelist to cast a wider net. And, you know, that's how we also do political evangelism. That's how I've been able to send five million petitions to Congress over the last few years and change laws in, in 
or, or bad policies in 13 states and four times in federal law by mobilizing big, big crowds of people. And we teach about that in How to Liberate the World. Between each of the 30 power tools, uh, we give testimonies of, for example, a thousand people rallied uh, with a pastor in uh, uh, Florida, and, and he was punished for praying in Jesus' name. But he was later vindicated because the CEO of the hospital had to resign in the face of public scandal when we had a thousand people marching around the hospital with big Jesus signs. Uh, we did the same thing in uh, California, in Lodi, California. We had 400 people show up at a city council meeting demanding the mayor's resignation. And finally, he allowed the pastors to pray in Jesus' name after he censored them beforehand. Um, the same thing in Virginia, when we had seven police chaplains that were fired for praying in Jesus' name. We held rallies and we organized petitions. Finally, we had to change the election. We mobilized the churches and got a Republican elected who restored the state trooper chaplain's right to pray in Jesus' name. So mobilizing crowds of people is political activism 101. And if you're not volunteering with your local party, I won't tell you Republican or, or Libertarian or Democrat or Constitution Party, pick a party, but show up especially on uh, Voting Tuesday, and, and make sure that your voice is heard. Mm, yeah, good point. Um, in the moment, I want you to tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, but I want to make a point here before I forget. Um, scripture says, I'm going to paraphrase, that they came out of the church and they basically abandoned the faith in the latter times. Um, many are called, few are chosen. Look at the harvest, it's great. The workers are few. I believe we're in a time now that let more people have falling, fallen out of the church. They don't even go, go to church, period. But the ones that are really hungry, the ones that are really looking, God's true elect, come online and look. Because look, we would rather have the truth online than have uh, fake in person, okay? I'd rather have the truth online than fake in person, right? So I, I want to bring this up for discussion if you guys want to raise your hand or want to say something on this, we just have a moment. Do you believe, because I went to the fair last uh, week, I spoke at the fairgrounds. There must have been, I don't know, two, 300,000 people there. And they sure don't go to church. I mean, if they did, the church would be busting wide open. But people are showing up for events. I just don't know if they're showing up for God. But do you believe as time goes on, people are now falling off, that the, the closer we get to the truth, the less people we have around us? Does anyone feel that way? You can raise your hand or say yeah or whatever. Yes. There you go. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Dr. Chap, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you and give them your website, contact number, a link, something. Sure. Uh, I don't know if there is a chat window in this function, but you can always type your email address. Uh, and maybe your producer, Spencer, can get me anyone who volunteers. I don't want any non-volunteers, but if you type your email address, we'll add you to our distribution list. It's free. Uh, you'll get news alerts and you'll get information before we even put it on Facebook or before before I ever put it on television. Uh, but then please watch our TV show, Pray in Jesus Name News or P-I-J-N News is available on Roku and 17 streaming platforms or it's probably in your city on local cable. Um, and I'm seeing these, but I, I'm in Colorado Springs uh, was one of the questions, uh, but we broadcast in 
231 million television homes. We're on DirecTV, we're on uh, uh, Dish TV, we're on Impact Network, we're on Time Warner, we're on Comcast cable systems. And, and in many cities, I think 48 cities were on uh, broadcast terrestrial. If you just have rabbit ears, you can find us. So go to TV listings through our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the TV listings and especially sign up for our Roku, since I know many of you watch David that way. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Chaps. Okay, and you guys, don't forget these DVDs. Get one for your friends, family, and enemies. Um, it'll do them good. Books, don't forget the books. Also, if you would like to donate to the ministry, go to davidhevener.tv forward slash forward slash give. Um, if you want to order any of the product, it's forward slash order, or you can text the word chosen to 91999. Uh, you can call 844-806-0006. Now we got two people raising our hand and we got 30 seconds. Um, uh, Christy, who was first? Sunshine. Sunshine. Doesn't yeah. matter. Let me go last. Okay. Mine is quick. Okay. I, am start, I am starting a church at home here. People are starting to do garage churches, barn churches, uh, home churches. So I am going to be starting a church here at our house in September. All right, Betty. All right. Uh, Betty, what's your email real quick so they can get in touch with you? Okay. That's okay. Um, Sunshine, we'll, we'll do it in chat. Uh, Sunshine, we have 10 seconds. Go. I was about to say the same thing Betty did. Um, I'm not kidding because Greg and I have gotten to the point where we have fellowship in our home. And my email address is up there. It's renishly at yahoo.com. Okay. And I know a pastor also out in Oregon who, um, that, that what's the name of that big city that she just mentioned she's from? In Oregon. Yeah, Portland. Yeah. Portland. That's where David Gurley is. Oh, I met David. We met him in Los Angeles at South Central. He had he has a church out there and he goes from South Central LA to Portland, Oregon, back and forth. He is All right. probably the right. only church that I've ever ever been comfortable in because I'm a home fellowship person. All right. Great. But I like this church. Thank you so much. Thank you. We love you and Greg. I appreciate all of you all. Thank you, um, uh, Dr. Chaps. Thank you so much for all you do. Uh, thank you, uh, Christy, for moderating, uh, uh, Betty, Felice, uh, everyone else that uh, raised their hand came, and all you all who listened tonight. In Jesus' name, I want to close this with a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for being here. I'm asking for a special blessing, an anointing on each and every person, Lord. Give them wisdom. Give them guidance. Give them courage and give them health. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll see you guys next week. Don't forget, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Sunday morning. You can catch us, and also 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Monday night. I love you guys. You never really lived till you found someone we're dying for, and that's Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name.